This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Do you love metal? Do you love podcasts? Then you really should check out the Metal Sucks Podcast. The Metal Sucks Podcast is the premier podcast in the metal community. Every episode features an interview with a member of a well-known band with recent guests including members of Between the Buried and Me, The Black Dahlia Murder, I Hate God, Royal Thunder, and more. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode featuring co-hosts Brandon and Pete's insight on the latest metal news, gossip, comedy sketches, and more. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Happy May 2-4 from Canada. Today is a holiday in Canada. Yes, that's right. May 2-4, which is also known as Victoria Day. Basically, it is a holiday where uh, everybody... It's the first nice weekend, and everybody decides uh, to go up to the cottage and drink a 2-4, which is slang for a 24-pack of beer. And that's exactly... What I'm doing right now, shout out to all my friends, I know some of you guys actually put up with this and listen to me talk to people for hours on end, very cool, I appreciate that support. But yes, I am in cottage country, it is pouring rain, it is really not a nice day, but yesterday was beautiful, so I'm still enjoying the weekend overall. By the way, welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As always, I am your host, Shane Told. And I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman for a professional band. And today we have the second of two parts with the lead singers of the band I Prevail. Um, A newer band, but a band that is blowing up so massively, so fast. It is crazy. And I had to get them on the show. Last week I spoke to Eric This week, I've got Brian. He's the clean vocalist. And if you missed last week, it's okay. You can listen to this one first, then go back and listen to my conversation with Eric. But I do really think it's cool how the two guys are pretty locked in. I mean, I asked them some of the same questions just to see, uh, 
you know, if one of them's bullshitting me, basically. But no, I do ask some of the same questions, and it is pretty impressive how calculated this band has been, how self-aware they are, and how prepared they seem to be for their success that they're achieving now, and probably a lot more to come in the future. Before I chat with Brian, I want to thank you guys for being a part of this thing. Thank you for listening week after week. Your support does not go unnoticed. And this thing is growing fast. I mean, every week, the show gets bigger and bigger, more and more subscribers, more and more people checking out the All Access Club, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And really, it's all from word of mouth. It's all from you guys telling your friends, your brothers and sisters, your moms and dads, your aunts and uncles. And that really does go a long way. So please, keep doing that. Keep spreading the word about Lead Singer Syndrome. I really do think that this show has a lot of stuff for a lot of music fans from all different walks of life. And yes, if you dig the show, feel free to get in touch with me, please, if you have suggestions for upcoming guests, anything else you think I can improve on, or just to give me some love, it's really easy. You can email leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at leadsingersyn, S-Y-N. We've got an Instagram, which is at leadsingersyndrome. And if you're not so happy, we do have the hate line Feel free to give me a call, leave a message, preferably of hate. Sometimes people leave the lovey messages, but I'm more into the hatred. So that number is 657-666-H-A-T-E. And let me have it. Really let me have it. Don't hold back, and I will be rolling out some clips, I promise, one day. So I do get emails from you guys all the time. I get Facebook messages and all that stuff. I read them all. I try to get back to everybody. It is difficult. But one of the things you guys are always asking is, Shane, how can I help out with the show? What can I do to make sure that this thing keeps coming at you week after week and to make sure that this thing is always free? Well, don't worry about that. It will always be free. However, if you want to support us, there's a couple ways you can do that. The first way is if you buy anything at all online, please check out our Amazon affiliate link. It's really, really simple. All you got to do is go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. That takes you right to the Amazon homepage, and whatever you buy, whatever it is, small, big, if you're buying a bag of marbles, if you're buying a humpback whale, whatever you're buying, we get 4 to 6%. And the best part is it costs you absolutely nothing. I don't know why Amazon offers this. I feel like everyone already knows that that's where you buy everything, because they literally have everything. But hey, I will absolutely take Amazon's money and not feel bad about it at all, especially when it helps keep this show going week after week. So again, that link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You won't even know what happened. Log in as normal. Buy whatever it is you need. And we get 4 to 6%. Now the second way, and my personal favorite way you can help out the show, is by joining the All Access Club. Now, as I said, this show will always be free. However, for some people, one episode a week, it's not enough. You want more. There's some diehard fans out there. If you want to meet other diehard Lead Singer Syndrome fans, you're going to want to join the All Access Club. For as little as $6 a month, you get an extra monthly bonus episode. You get Q&A sessions with me. You can interact with all different people on the Facebook group, including myself. We have contests pretty often. We did a March Madness one. We did a design contest. And some of the members are even throwing parties and, and having random meetups in their various hometowns. So it's a really, really great group. It's a lot of fun. And it really does help us keep the lights on around here. So all I ask is you go to the website, check it out. 
The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And that's it. It's just $6. I mean, that is like less than a price of a fast food combo. That is like the price of two relatively expensive coffees. That is the price of actually cheap craft beer. And when you sign up, it's the only way to get access to Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise. And we have pretty cheap shirts. They're 14 bucks, But again, you have to be a member to get them. And oh shit, I almost forgot. My band Silverstein, we just announced a brand new record. It's called Dead Reflection, and it comes out on July 14th. We released a brand new song and a video for a track called Retrograde. Make sure you check that out. And if you dig it, Go over to silverstein.merchnow.com and you can pre-order the record. We've got all these different vinyl packages. You can get all this cool stuff. I am very, very excited. This is actually our eighth record, if you can believe it. And when this one was finished, for the first time maybe ever, I listened back and was like, yeah, I'm on board with this record. Like, I believe in this one. Sometimes, I like all the records that we've done. Don't get me wrong. Almost all of them. Well, Rivals and Departure is not my favorite. I've spoken out about that a few times. But a lot of those records have taken a little bit of time. They've grown on me. Or when they came out, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if people are going to connect to this or if this was the right part. But this one I really feel like is right where I want it to be. So I'm very, very excited for the new Silverstein record, Dead Reflection, out July 14th. All right, let's have a chat with Brian Burkheiser, the clean vocalist. I prevail. In the heat of the moment, the fear as you close in, you're crushing and burning. When life's at its coldest, don't fall too far from the reward. Making colors from where our stars in the heat of the moment, the fear as you close in, you're crushing and burning. When life's at its coldest, don't fall too far from the reward. Hello. Hey, Brian. Hey, Shane, how's it going, man? Dude, never better, man. Never better. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, damn. So, uh, man, it's nice to talk to you. Uh, you're on tour. How's it going? Yeah, you too. Oh, it's been nuts. We, just, uh, we played Carolina Rebellion yesterday, and uh, I think we went on at 12, so we were kind of expecting, you know, hopefully a couple thousand kids will be out there or whatnot, but holy shit, man, I think... I mean, they said it was actually like it broke a record or some something for uh, like opening up the uh, the main <laughs> stage. So yeah, it was, well, it was a crazy day, a crazy day, man. It seems like you guys. I mean, you're just kind of exceeding expectations right now. Uh, to put it to put it lightly, so um, it's been a crazy ride. I know for you. I, I understand you had a little trouble with your voice, though. How's that feeling? Yeah, yeah, I'm still, you know, still being so new to this because, you know what, we're only two years into it. I'm still trying to trying to find all the right things to uh, be doing to keep my voice uh, going through. But just uh, ran into, you, you know how it goes when your voice is so gravelly and just all your notes aren't, uh, aren't hitting where you want to. So we kind of, uh, kind of just took a day off, put me on vocal rest for a little bit. But luckily yesterday I ended up feeling... Feeling pretty fresh, so that's good. Yeah, no, you sound. You sound show good. always. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think uh, I think now I get a little get a couple steroids in you and stuff, and uh, send you on your way. Oh, you were doing the steroid thing. Yeah, they gave me a little prescription of steroids, which I never am too big a fan of because you know I don't want to overdo it with them. But sometimes when you got like a big festival or coming up, I I'm just like, ah, 
got to do what you got to do to sound good at those uh, type of events. Yeah, you know, you're right. I, I guess you're right. I never, I've never done it. Uh, ever? Really? No, no, I never. And I've had I've had plenty of times like where my voice has been not at its best, and and I've had you know show like shows I wasn't proud of. But no, I've never done the steroid thing, and and I'm I'm actually kind of like surprised. Like, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I got some steroids, whatever. Like, I thought it was kind of a more of a big deal, but um, I don't know. I, I guess you're right. You, just, you do what you got to do to get through it. Yeah, you know, add that in with a throat coat and all the, you know, all the yeah. good, uh, all the good stuff to to be doing. But yeah, you know, you get enough of that stuff working, and it seems all of a sudden your voice will just pick back up. Yeah, dude, absolutely, man. that's crazy. Uh yeah, man. So, um, your band, I Prevail. Uh, damn, dude, you guys have had quite a ride, a very wild ride. I talked to Eric, uh, uh just the other day. Uh, great dude, love Eric. Um, so, you know, he kind of filled me in on some, some of the things. So I'm going to ask, you know, you some of the same things I asked him, but it's going to be cool to get different kind of responses um, and what your take is. Um, and really like, I guess my first question is, did you see this happening with your band? I mean, you guys started out, um, you know, like in Michigan, a few Michigan kids, you weren't in previous bands really like with any success. You didn't have a bunch of crazy hookups or anything, you know, just like whatever, bunch of kids from Michigan and you do this band and here we are now and you're breaking records on festivals. Uh, did you see this, this happening? I mean, I'll tell you, it was always a dream, you know, obviously we always envisioned like, man, how great would it be to, to be on stage playing to all these kids every night, but you know, when we went into it, you know, we pretty much spent, I don't know how much Eric filled in, but we spent probably about a year before we even started playing local shows or, or doing anything, just kind of forming, you know, our, our relationships just as bandmates, because none of us were friends before all this uh, kind of launched off. I had actually left a previous band in hopes that, you know, okay, I wanted to start my own band. I kind of had a vision for what I wanted the music to sound like. And right. I obviously knew I wanted, I wanted dudes who, who thought on the same mindset as me and kind of had similar music tastes and stuff. So, you know, we started, I, I was on social media looking at YouTube videos of like covers that people were doing and, and, you know, talking to, to kids on uh, our, my friends on Facebook, trying to find connections. And I actually found Steve, our guitarist through a uh, website called band mix. And then I found uh, Eric through a mutual friend uh, and watched a couple of his YouTube covers and was like, all right, I think we, uh, we got some going here. Uh, so the three of us kind of got together kind of talked about, you know, what our visions were, because we were all in, in, well, I say two of us were in previous bands, Steve wasn't, but, you know, we all had that, that drive to say, man, what, I mean, if we could do music for a living, how amazing that would be. So, yeah. you know, it was definitely structured in a way where, you know, we wrote the EP kind of, you know, our, our friends and family had no idea what we were doing. We all kind of like dropped out of college and, you know, we're just, I was working a, a pizza job 40 hours a week, just in hopes to, uh, to be able to, to pay for studio time and stuff. Right. But yeah. So, I mean, we always kind of had the dream, but if you would have told me it would have taken off as quick as it did, I never in a million years would have believed it. It's still crazy to think, you know, even being on work tour this summer, that was a huge like goal. And we yeah. all formed it like, man, if we could play, if we could play work tour, even, even on small stage, like that would be a dream come true. So now, you know, two or three years later, that dream's actually coming true. And it's kind of, kind of just crazy to, to think how quickly it all evolved. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, it's it's such a different approach than most bands take. You know, most bands, they form, they're kind of, you know, usually buddies, they're usually a little bit younger than you guys are too, 
which I guess is a different, right? Because I know I know Eric's like 26. How old are you? I'm, I just turned 24, actually. 24, okay, so you're a little bit younger, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, you guys are a little bit late to the game uh, in terms of oh, yeah, your first record. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I didn't even start, like, singing until after high school, so we definitely, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit late to the game on that end of things. But in a way, I mean, I mean, your approach is more of an intellectual one, I feel. Whereas most bands, they, they're younger, they're just, they have this passion, and they just kind of get into a room, and they're playing music, and they're like, all right, what do we call our band? And, and where, where, can we can we go play down the street and like whatever? Like can we can we borrow our mom's minivan to get there? Like that's that's about as far as they think ahead. Whereas you guys are are forming a band, working on your craft, not going out, not playing shows, really making sure that you guys have things started to be dialed in for like a year before you're even launching every anything. So it's kind of. It's kind of crazy, uh, um, and, and it's and it's a different approach, a more mature approach, uh, and I think that that's a big part of of the success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think when we looked at it on a bigger scale, you know, because I like I said, I was in a previous band, and I kind of you know did some of those things where you know everybody in, in the band was my friend. And don't get me wrong, you know, plenty of bands form like that, and there are so many successful bands that that took that approach. But for me personally, it obviously didn't work the first time, so. You know, second time around, I said, all right, I'm, I want to look at this on a bigger scale and try to think, you know, maybe there's a different approach to this. Or maybe just like writing music, you know, some bands write music in the studio, some bands write music on the road. You know, we, yeah. we just tried to take a different approach to forming a band. And, you know, I think I think it really just stemmed down to, you know, we, we took that time to really get to know each other. And I think that's what, you know, the, the music came off so genuine. And just, you know, as guys, we were able to build that relationship amongst ourselves. So you know, when we came out to the public, we weren't already just brand new to each other and kind of hitting the road. You know, we were already had known each other for like a year and a half at that point. So, you know, our relationships and bonds were already formed. So I think that really put us in a, in a good light to the fans to say, all right, these guys, you know, obviously aren't just a, a brand new thing. They have been together. They, they just, you know, are now actually releasing their content to the public. Oh, totally. Totally. I totally get it. But again, back to my first question, just like, did you see this coming? Like, I remember... I had a friend, I, I asked Eric the same question, but I had a friend that was, I think, supposed to go out on the road with you guys on one of your first tours, and, and, I, and he said to me, yeah, I'm going out with the I Prevail, and I said, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's like, oh, they're this band on Fearless, um, yeah, and it's like crazy, they're like, they're like doing like full production in a bus and stuff, and I'm just like, what? How is a band I've never heard of on, like, you know, that doesn't have a record out yet, or just put out a record, uh doing it like that and because that's unheard of completely unheard of um and that's why I asked you that question it's like did you have the the foresight to know you were going to be blowing up like this and because I mean good call you know <laughs> but it's like kind of crazy to go out to go out like really start out with a bang like that uh you know having like full bus and, and everything I mean, it was definitely a risk. Don't get me wrong. You know, we looked at kind of where we were at financially too. Obviously the cover helped us out a little bit, you know, with, with money and stuff in the beginning to, to kind of be able to, to do things like that. But, you know, the great thing about the cover was it also boosted the EP, which we knew, you sure. know, we were going to go on the road and, and we weren't just playing a cover to kids. We were playing the EP. So we wanted to give kids an experience and, you know, we wanted to give ourselves an experience too. Cause we knew, you know, a lot of bands will flame out and stuff. We wanted to, our first tour just come out balls to the wall. And if it fails, you know, 
we say, all right, but we didn't want to just take the money and put it in our pockets. You know, we wanted to yeah. put it back into the business and, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we don't want to ever have this end. You know, we, we looked at it and said, you know, this initial success we got, we, we have to take this and, and try to ride the wave because if we don't go right now, you know, five months from now, you know, people aren't going to care about us unless we, we start touring and get on the road and, yeah, well. and start meeting these people face to face. So, you know, I think we could have just, yeah, you know, slipped some money in our pockets and, and kind of not, not cared so much about the live production and the live aspect of things. But I really think... You know, it, it ended up, you know, being a big help, you know, now looking back at it because, you know, our shows have only gotten bigger and bigger and our fan base has only grown. And I think it was because we, we kind of came out and we just said, you know, we want to, we want to headline, we want to, we want to give these kids a good show. And, and we were lucky enough to have a fan base that kind of, kind of has rode the way with us for the past two and a half years. It's crazy. And it's crazy to, to hear you talk and how self-aware you are of that stuff. You know, for a young band, you know, most bands, they don't really get it like that, like the way that you get it. So, um, that's crazy. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Like, I, I think, and, and, you know, I was like this too, when I was younger, a lot of bands just look at just the, the musical side and, and the, the writing side of things. And obviously that's a, a huge component to this, this entire thing, you know, song, you know, writing and, you know, getting music out to the kids is, is my favorite part of this whole experience. But, yeah. you know, there also are other ends when it comes to the marketing side of things or the yeah. business side where there just, there's so many decisions you have to make and all it takes is one bad decision and your band can go from, from, you know, doing pretty well to all of a sudden falling off really quick. So I think that's, that's one thing Eric and I always talk about too, is just like, you know, every little decision we want to be involved in, we don't want to always have the label make a decision for us or management make a decision because, you know, at the end of the day, it's our baby. And, you know, like I said, one bad decision could could turn it upside down. And, and you know, still being so fresh to this, too, it's so it's very exciting to kind of be involved in, in all these different things that are going on. I mean, I, I remember even signing the record deal, you know, way back when. I mean, what a crazy experience that was to just be, you know, a couple of kids from Michigan who kind of had this dream initially to, yeah, let's get signed. Let's play warp tour. Let's do all this. And, and all of a sudden we would, like I said, put out the cover in the EP and, you know, emails started flooding in of record offers and, and management, different management wanted to, yeah. uh, to manage us. And stuff. So it was, it was kind of a crazy process. Cause I think even though we did think about that at the time, you know, it, it all of a sudden it hit and it was like, Oh man, you know, all these things we were dreaming of are actually happening now. And, we got to start making really crucial decisions that could kind of uh, decide, you know, the sure. future. Well, sure. I mean, and that's the thing about it is, is it doesn't matter how great your fucking band is, how, how great you can sing Brian or how intense Eric can scream or whatever, like how great <laughs> your songs are. If no one's going to hear them, if you can't get them into people's, you know, um, stuck in your head. Sorry. That was a, that was a bad like pun. If you can't get it there, it doesn't matter. Right. And for, for every band that there's like, like I like to use the example, like taking back Sunday, great band. Everybody loves taking back Sunday. You know how many other taking back Sundays there were that probably never made it that were just as good Mm -hmm. that just nobody ever heard because they just didn't have the drive or the, or the, you know, or the know-how or, or whatever, or the connections just to get their music out there. And that's, and, and that's just well, that's the reality. A, exactly. I mean, there's just so many bands out there too nowadays. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get your music even, even heard nowadays just because like I said, there's, there's so much music across Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, you know, it's, it's, 
and, and I think, you know, a kid's attention span, you know, they could probably have about five or 10 bands that they really, really love, but you know, a kid can only take so much music at one time. So, yeah, you know, you're, right. you're fighting with all these other people that try to be like, Hey, Hey, check out my content, check out my content. So yeah, it's crazy. You know, that's why I think we try to take a little different approach to our whole marketing side of things anyway, when it came to trying to get music out to people, because at the end of the day, we were just, for kids who just want to get our music heard by people and if they like it, cool. If they don't like it, cool. But you know, at least we're, we're trying to get some eyes on it. And I think, I think that's one thing where I, I wish more bands nowadays would, would try to just embrace the fact that, you know, it, it isn't really how someone, someone hears your music. What really matters is if they like it, you know? So even if, uh, you know, like I said, we, we run a lot of Facebook ads and stuff and, and we, we always take some, some crap for it. But at the end of the day, if a kid's walking away saying, wow, I just watched this video, really liked it. I want to go check out this band. They download the album. All of a sudden they see us at Warped Tour. You know, we can have a lifelong fan right there. And he's not thinking, you know, three years later on, oh, I found this band from a, from a Facebook ad. He's thinking, <laughs> I just really like this band and I like the music they have to offer. Of course. No, that Facebook ad thing is very, very... um forward thinking especially in our you know punk rock world you know um do you, how, you guys spend a lot of money like how much do you guys spend like like when you guys are doing a tour is it like pretty crazy uh it's it's nothing i mean honestly the the nice thing about kind of all our backgrounds and stuff like i'm actually uh went to school for marketing and eric went for like pr relations and stuff so we kind of have a lot of ideas for brainstorming you know these viral you know type ideas and stuff and then I can come in when it comes to the Facebook ads manager and I kind of know, know what algorithms to put in where, you know, we're not spending a whole lot of money for, for the amount of views we're getting. And I think, you know, if the, the kids who are talking crap saying, oh, they, they're, they're using all their money to, to put, uh, put into Facebook ads and, and it's all daddy's money and stuff. It's like, no, I'm just, we're reinvesting the, the money that, that we've made up to this point because we, we want to make fans and, and we're doing it in a way where obviously, you know, we could be throwing a ton of money or the label could be throwing a ton of money at a radio campaign right now or, or, you know, spreads yeah. in magazines and stuff. But we've just kind of taken a different approach to where, you know, it's, it's worked from us from day one. I mean, I remember, uh, we actually posted the cover up on uh, Facebook. Uh, I think it was January of 2015, probably about a month after it came out and the video just absolutely exploded on Facebook. And all of a sudden, you know, people were going and purchasing the single and then going and purchasing the EP. So we kind of looked at it as, you know, this is an opportunity and not a whole lot of bands are doing this and, no. and even labels aren't really doing it. So no, we kind of thought, hey, you know, we, we might we might take some crap along the way from from those certain people who just aren't going to like our band regardless. But, you know, at the end of the day, if someone someone's walking away liking our music, that's that's really all you know we give a shit about. You know, no, it's a game. It's a game changer, man. It's it really is a game changer. And I think now, I mean, this is part of the reason I wanted to talk to you so bad, uh, just because it's, this kind of success uh, is pretty unheard of, man. Uh, you know, especially like the cover thing. I mean, you, you mentioned it that that got you your start, and you said, "Oh well, you know, we had money from the cover." And it's like, whoever thought recording a cover song would make you money? Like it was lucrative. For, it was lucrative for you guys, or it still is, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we it was the funny, the funniest thing. We and this is where I come back to making these decisions we were talking about because we had the cover. I'd shown some friends who were like, oh man, this is gonna blow up. Like you gotta, you gotta make this on i or put this on iTunes or something when it comes out. And at the time, we were thinking we're just gonna put it out as a free download. 
and just hope to even get attention on it in the first place. So right. there was a, there was a last second decision made amongst us where we said, all right, you know, maybe people will, will buy this and maybe, you know, it'll make them go buy the EP after. So we decided to, uh, to, you know, set up a tune core account cause we already had our EP uh, yeah. ready to go. And we, uh, we put the cover on there in hopes that, you know, we could get a couple thousand downloads and then all of a sudden, boom, the thing just exploded. I mean, I, I'll never forget the day. It was one of the coolest days in my life. I, I was sitting, because I worked at uh, Domino's as a delivery driver, and uh, I was getting in my car, getting ready to, and the band, I guess, had been probably launched for about a month at this time. Like, obviously, things were things were going pretty damn well, but nothing, nothing too crazy yet. And then all of a sudden, like I said, that Facebook video blew up, and I looked at, or I had a bunch of friends, uh, who were messaging me saying, dude, go look at the iTunes charts. And I saw Blank Space just rising up the single charts. And at the same time, I saw the EP rising up the album charts. And all of us were kind of just like, you know, mind blown for a minute because eventually I think, uh, I, I can't remember what day it was, but, you know, the EP and the cover both were number one on their respective rock charts. And that wow. was just a moment where we all said, all right, you know, Obviously, things are things are seeming to work, but now is really even though we've been grinding for the last year and a half, we're gonna have to kick it into the whole whole next level and just we're gonna have to drop everything and you know, sadly enough, probably lose some relationships along the way with with some people. But we just knew that this is if this is what we want to do. The time to jump on it's now, and we kind of like I said, dropped everything, and then you know, a couple couple months after that, we ended up being on the road and, and touring. It's so crazy. Do you remember um, the first TuneCore check you got? How much was it for? Oh, man. I, I don't even think I could tell you. I, well, because the first week, you know, I, I think we maybe got like 300 downloads or something. Like I said, the, the first month of, I guess, the, the band being out, it, there wasn't too much attention on us or anything. Yeah. But I do remember like the, that, I guess, week that Blank Space like, blew up. I think there were like four or 5,000 downloads. Um just in like one week. And that was kind of, and I think the EP had like 500 or a thousand uh, downloads to go with it. So it was a, uh, wow. Good for you. It was kind of crazy to, uh, to go through there. Yeah. And not to mention all the streaming too, right? I mean, that's, Oh yeah. The streaming too. Like I said, you know, the, the Spotify's in the world of stuff too. Yeah. The numbers started, started growing on there and, yeah, we, we really had no idea it was going to gonna get to that level. I mean, I, if I'm being dead honest with you, because obviously, like I said, it, this all kind of was dreamed of, and I and I had, you know, our goals and whatnot that that would happen in our first year. We really just, we expected to, to sell a couple EPs and, and hopefully get on the road. I, we were actually starting to set up like a, uh, like a little Midwest tour and stuff. I remember... Uh, we were even get a, a band named Exotype hit us up, and we were going to do a little a little run with them. But uh, unfortunately, that tour something happened with them where they had to cancel. And then all of a sudden, like I said, the cover and stuff blew up, and we just knew it was go time, and we knew it was uh, time to try to ride the wave and just see see where we could take it. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. So um, you know, you mentioned I know you're from Michigan, and, and Michigan, um, as I told Eric, it's it's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I spent a lot of time there. I lived in Royal Oak for a while. No, no, I actually live in I, I live in Royal Oak right now, man. Oh, really? Whereabouts? What cross streets? I'm at like fourteen. I'm at uh, fourteen Mile and Crook, so it's kind of like yep. Slauson slash Royal Oak. But yep. uh, no, that, I know. that's that's hilarious, man. No, nice I was shit. like downtown, like right at like like Eleven Mile, and uh, is it Campbell? Yep, yeah, yeah it's that's a beautiful area. Yeah, man. oh beautiful yeah, right area. by downtown Royal Oak. There, I, I really liked it. 
Um, so yeah, no, I, I um, I'm just curious about your upbringing. I know you said, you know, you kind of got into music late. You got into singing late. So maybe walk me through the early life. Um, you know, growing up, what your family structure was like. Did you have brothers and sisters, and and um, you know what you were into as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up with uh, I had two great parents who have been super supportive, you know, throughout my entire life. And I actually have a uh, a little brother who's about eight years younger than me. So music for me, it's it's kind of funny, you know. I my my grandpa actually has the, the guy is the most musically talented dude I've ever met. He's able to just on piano do everything by ear. Like literally, I, I can throw any song on and he can just start jamming at the piano with it. Wow! So I would always dabble around with with piano a little bit and my mom tried to try to get me into it. So I, I played piano for maybe a couple of years and probably elementary school kind of, kind of fell off it for a little bit. And then middle school happened and I started uh, playing the trumpet and I actually joined a uh, jazz band. Okay. I remember playing like Louie Louie and all, all, all those, uh, all those fun songs. And, and I loved, I loved the experience. I loved, I loved just the camaraderie of playing with, you know, a bunch of people and stuff. Um, and it was a great time, but high school all of a sudden came along and my interest uh, sort of shift from, Oh, I, you know, I do love the band, but I'm also, you can ask any of the dudes in the band. I'm the biggest sports geek that you will meet in our entire band. So oh, great. I, I really love sports and I love playing sports. So I kind of said, all right, I'm going to kind of put this music thing on hold. I just, I don't know if it's, it's my favorite thing to do. So I ended up going, I played baseball and pretty much my whole life. And I, I really took that up and, and started playing, uh, started playing some travel ball and stuff. And then I actually got into basketball as well and played for my uh, high school team for all four years. So, you know, meanwhile, while that was going on, I had a ton of friends who were in bands themselves uh, in high school. And, and, you know, I won't say I, I wasn't like a popular kid or anything. I was just kind of that I, I, I would hang out with, with my group of friends and just kind of look and say, man, how cool is it that, you know, these guys are getting to play shows every day and, they're, they're going around and it just seems like everybody in, in the school is, is vibing with it and stuff. And man, like I, I would love to do that, but you know, I, I was thinking, I just have no idea where to even start. Plus I, I think all my friends would probably laugh at me if I said, Hey, I'm going to start my own band when, you know, all the cool kids and in our class and stuff were already kind of doing their own thing. Right. So I, I didn't really do anything in high school. I, I, I graduated, uh, was going to go to a Oakland university actually, uh, in Rochester, yeah, yeah. Michigan. Uh, that was my, my big goal, my big plan. And then all of a sudden, uh, senior, senior year, uh, me and a buddy of mine, uh, were just jamming in the car one day. We both actually dual enrolled, uh, in our senior year. So we were like the only two or two of the only ones. Uh, and we were going to uh, college one day and he threw on an old escape the fate song. And I just started like singing along to it. Not even, you know, he's, he's one of my buddies. So normally I would never sing in front of anybody, right, but yeah, you know, yeah. in front of him, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to start belting out and having some fun. And he looks over at me and he says, dude, do you know you can sing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, shut up, man. I can't sing. I don't know what I'm doing. And he says, no, seriously. He goes, I have this band who, uh, uh I kind of want to form our, I, I think the band was already, they, they hadn't recorded or anything, but they were talking about getting together. So went back to his house that day and just started, jamming on guitar a little bit and I was going, all right, maybe this is something I can actually do. So we went in, he, he messaged a, uh, a local producer uh, named BJ Perry, um, who was right around my area in Port Huron. 
Uh, and I, like I said, I had no clue how any of this was going to work. This dude, like the, the dude who told me I had a good voice and stuff, I had some songs written and stuff. So I remember being the most nervous wreck as we walked into the studio. Um, right, you never. And I just started laying down. Some, yeah, I started laying down some some vocals in, in front of this producer who, you know, I was nervous in front of, and I, I was nervous to sing in front of even. You know, some dudes, random girlfriends and stuff were in there. I was like, man, this is <laughs> the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my entire life. But even uh, our, our producer, because our producer back then, it's funny, is actually our producer now. Uh, but he looked over at me and he said, man, you actually got a pretty good voice, buddy. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm starting to gain some confidence and stuff. So I went through that project for, for pretty much two years. And like I said, things didn't really work out quite how I wanted to. And you know, after after taking some reflection back, I decided to leave that project, and that's kind of where, you know, I, I I'll, I'll never say that I. It, it was the best time of my life, but the worst time of my life. Obviously, all my my friends and and, and a lot of my family and stuff were saying, "No, oh, you you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't the route to take." Obviously, the band didn't really blow up or anything. It was it was very small scale. So, I had a lot of people telling me, "You should probably give up the music dream." and and go back to Oakland like you were originally going to do. But yeah. I said, uh, and I, I remember having a huge talk with my parents about it, saying, I absolutely love this job. Even if we were only playing to five kids a night, yeah. it is the best thing that I have ever done in my entire life, and I don't think I would feel fulfilled with my life if I don't continue sure. on this path. So I pretty much spent a year kind of, like I said, working at Domino's, really thinking like about all right, what do, what do I want the sound to be like? What are the bands that I love and, and what are the, what's the sound that I can, you know, take little, little pieces from each influence from, you know, each band. So I kind of started forming that idea. I started really looking at bands and how they did their social media. And, and cause the, the coolest thing about this whole thing for us is we all kind of had that fan view, like coming into it. You know, I remember going to Warp Tour. I remember going to see Pierce. I remember, doing all sorts of things where we, we kind of had that fan perspective. So now that, you know, we're on the other side, we're yeah. able to take the fan perspective, even though obviously we're, we're a band and, and doing pretty successful nowadays. We still always keep that mentality of like, let's look at it from a fan's, you know, point of view. Let's look at it from that 18 year old Brian who, for sure, you know, went to that Pierce, you know, Pierce Avail show. Why did I go to it? Why did I connect with that band? Why did I, you know, buy the VIP? Why did I want to meet them so bad? Yeah, and you're not so, so far really, removed. Really, you're not so far removed from that exactly. anymore, too, right? Because it hasn't been that long, you know, since you were that kid. No, I, I, I was telling a story the other day on an interview how, how funny it is to me that you know we toured with Pierce Avail and literally three years um, before that tour, and this was. Uh, this was when our band was starting, you know, we, we were writing, or I Prevail was starting to write, and we weren't announced the world or anything yet, or anything, but I remember going to a Pierce Avail uh, Mayday's Parade show with this girl, just trying to impress her so bad, being like, man, check out this band, how good they are, like, one day, you know, I, I can only hope that, that we're to that level, and she just started chuckling and laughing, right, sure. and I just remember going, man, this is, this is giving me some, some good motivation to, uh, to try to prove her wrong. And, you know, <laughs> this came for full circle. And three years later, I'm being able to go, Hey, you know, we're, we're on tour with these dudes. And it was, I mean, that tour and, you know, we, we've done tours with Hollywood and dead and just some tours that, like I said, we, we only could have dreamed of when, when this whole thing was, was kind of setting up. Yeah, man, it's crazy. The, the, um, the, the blowing up so fast, 
Um, was it terrifying for you? I mean, you're the lead singer of this band. You know, obviously, there's a little bit of pressure off because Eric handles some of the frontman duties, uh, which must be nice. But just for you being kind of the face of this band, um, here you are. All of a sudden, you're, you know, like you said, setting records at festivals, all this stuff. Um, and you haven't been doing it that long. Is it terrifying sometimes to, to go through this? Like, like, do you ever feel like a bit of a fraud? Like, like all these bands have been doing it longer and here I am doing it the first time and I have to convince everyone it's like that I'm the real deal. Is that ever hard for you? I mean, yeah, I, I won't lie. I think that's one of the toughest parts about it. Cause obviously, you know, we, we gained that instant exposure so quickly that we were just kind of thrown into it. So there's a bunch of different realms, whether it's, let's talk about the family for a second. Like I, I, I never even pitch or never even thought of like, Oh man, I'm going to have to leave my family. I'm going to have to leave my girlfriend. I'm going to have to leave all these people who I care so much about. So I didn't think about, you know, how hard it was going to be able to be, to maintain all those relationships after, you know, normally I could always be like, Oh yeah, let's go hang out. Like, you know, with my, my old friends and stuff. And now I'm having to say, Oh, I'm on tour. Oh, I'm in the studio. Oh, we're filming a music video. And then all of a sudden, those people grow from, you know, being nice and stuff to saying, oh, this guy's too good for me now. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't give a shit about me. When really, that's not the case at all. It's yeah. just, you know, just as well as I do, how, how crazy this whole, yeah, this whole business is and just how many things are going on constantly. So that side of things is really tough. Um, vocally, things are really tough because, I, uh, you know, I, I pictured us getting big within like, you know, trying to get big within like two to three years, working our way up the ranks, and all of a sudden, we were, things blew up so quick where, you know, I, I never even had vocal lessons, um, going into our first tour. So I, yeah. I just remember being a kind of a, a nervous train wreck. So going, man, I'm, I'm going to be compared to all these guys who have been working on their craft for five, 10 years where I'm just this, there's nobody who doesn't have any vocal training, doesn't really know what he's doing. And yeah. I, I, even our managers and I joke about it. Like I, I can even see in our manager's eyes sometimes when they would watch us practice or something, just kind of looking at me going, man, this kid knows what he's doing kind of, but obviously there's a lot of work to be done. So I, I you know, it, it, it was definitely tough. And then just, uh, yeah, like you said, amongst, amongst peers and stuff, it, it's kind of tough being that you, you almost feel like the, uh, the new kid at school for, for a little bit because of course, yeah. you're, you're going to these festivals or you're going on these tour packages where everybody knows each other and you're this new kid. He's trying to, trying to fit in and you gotta, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to say a ton, but you definitely have your people in the scene or, or people around who kind of discredit us and say, Oh, they're just that, that cover band or they're just that blank space band. They're, they're going to be gone, you know, sooner or later here. So I, I will say at the end of the day that the biggest thing it did do for us though, it just, it gave me the motivation to say, you know, I'm in such a lucky position to be here. So I need to spend every single day working on all sorts of different crafts, whether it's, you know, working on doing vocal warmups every day, whether it's yeah. working out every day, trying to get my body in shape to, to be a, able to handle, you know, the schedule or whether it's, you know, there, there's just so many elements that come along with it that you don't, you, I didn't even really think about, way back when. So now, like I said, I think, I think the biggest driver though, for, for me in this whole band is just on the motivation I've, I've had from kind of being the new, the new kids on the block and just trying to, uh, trying to prove our work to everybody. And I, I'm really excited to actually go on a warp tour this summer and yeah. finally meet a lot of the faces who, you know, we haven't really got a chance to, to say hi to yet. Cause I, I do feel like warp tour is a really good, you know, chance and opportunity to get to meet a lot of the, 
the people who have influenced you or inspired you. And I'm just excited to kind of, kind of show what I prevail is about and show that, you know, we're not some big corporation that was formed by a label or anything. Like we're just like a couple normal dudes from Michigan who love, love sports. We love music. We love just hanging out, drinking beer, having a good time. And there you go. Uh, we're just, we're loose guys who, you know, that's just, uh, that's kind of the dudes we are. And, I just hope we can kind of show people show people that along the yeah, way. Yeah, well, that's warp. That's what warp tour is, man. There's going to be a lot of time sitting behind the trailer, drinking beers, hanging out, talking about sports. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned I the baseball, wait. the baseball basketball thing, because I actually played baseball my whole life, and I played four years of basketball in high school as well. So that's kind of funny. It's like, I gotta ask, are you a uh, Detroit Tiger fan? Uh you know, I'm no. I, well, I'm a Blue Jays fan. Growing up in Toronto. But um, because of the time I spent in, in Michigan uh, and just being a huge baseball fan, you know, um, I'd just go to games like in Detroit all the time. Like when my ex-girlfriend was at work, if there was a day game, I'd just go by myself, mm-hmm. you know, because I like because I love baseball so much. Uh, so I do have That's a soft amazing, spot. For the, I have a soft spot for the Tigers for sure. <laughs> Eric was actually uh, telling me how like sometimes on Warp Tour you'll just uh You'll go to a game randomly, like yeah. after your set. Yeah, or I was something. saying to him, I was saying, yeah, you're welcome to come too, man. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, like, dude. like I'd one be thing. So down for that. One thing you're gonna find um, as Warp Tour goes, and I, you know, I know it's your first time. Uh, I think for Silverstein, it's like number seven or something, number seven or number eight. So we're we're the veterans, and um, one thing <laughs> I like to do is basically anytime I have a chance to just leave to get out of the park, uh, I do. <laughs> so whether it's getting an Uber or getting on my bike or skateboard, whatever I can do to get out of there for a few hours is always good. And anytime there's a ball game, if it's a day game or even night games, you can go to if you play early. Uh, I try to I try to go out and and just you know even just catch a few innings. So it'd be uh, it'd be a lot that of sounds fun. like a hell of an experience to me. Play Warp Tour and go get to see a uh, baseball game right? all the same day. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm all about, man. Yeah, we uh, we love going to like certain sporting events and just. Being on the road, trying to find something something cool to do, not just always being hunkered in the bus and stuff. Just trying to trying to get out and experience, you know, all these. I mean, it's so crazy to me. I haven't even been outside the state of Michigan, wow. really, like my wow. entire life. So once we, I'll never forget our first show was in Pittsburgh, and we went through this big tunnel, and all of a sudden uh, got out of the out of the tunnel. We just saw all of Pittsburgh throughout our bus window, and I, my eyes were so big, just gone. Holy shit! Like I'm, I'm in somewhere besides Michigan now. So yeah, we we love just kind of get, getting to look around and tour and and, and see all mm-hmm. these these crazy places that you know we're we're fortunate enough to go to. Pittsburgh is a beautiful city, actually. I really like Pittsburgh. Um, but it's funny, you know, you're you're like excited about Pittsburgh. Um, I know you guys have done some overseas stuff, but I mean, like, I'm just thinking of when you guys like I don't know if you've been to like Paris or London or Amsterdam, like. So when you see cities like that, like that's going to blow your mind. Yeah, the only place we've been, so we actually just did a uh, Australian tour probably about a month ago, and then we've been to Canada too. So I will say Australia was uh, one of the most beautiful places I have ever been to in my entire life, and even nice. Canada because you know I'm from Michigan, so I've the Blue Water. But I lived in Port Huron, so I always oh, go yeah, to the Blue right, Water right Bridge from Sarnia. There, yeah, Sarnia. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But actually getting to really experience Canada and go to Vancouver, go to Edmonton, Calgary, get to see all of uh, the different things it has to offer. It's just, it's so, so much fun to just get to see 
a little bit of a different culture and to see sure, I mean, see like, how people act in a, in a in a different country. And just seeing the like, I'm sure seeing the ocean was probably crazy for you, and and seeing the mountains. Oh yeah, you know that's yep, that's I'll really forget, great. Uh, I'll never forget being in Florida. We uh, that was the first time I ever went into the ocean. It was on our first tour, and you just look out, and it's one of those moments where you go like, "Holy shit!" Like this thing's actually starting to work. And as much as you're enjoying the moment, in the back of my mind, I'm always kind of going. I never want to lose this moment. So yeah. that's just kind of another thing too that, you know, you just, you keep pushing through and you, you keep that drive going. Cause no. like I said, this, this life is something that, you know, going from being a kid who had really no clue what he wanted to do with his life. You know, once I finally found it, you know, I just, I don't want to lose this cause it's, it's literally the, the coolest, the coolest job you could possibly have. That's awesome. You guys must have plans to go to Europe. I mean, it's about time I'd say in your career. Are you going sometime soon? Yeah, so we're actually, because uh, we're on a tour right now, uh, I think that ends in about two weeks, and then we're actually playing Slam Dunk Fest. Um, oh, great. And then doing the, uh, we're also doing a, a one-off with the, uh in Ice Nine Kills and Ocean's Eight Alaska, I think, uh, in the UK as well. So, yeah, we're excited to, to get over there, and you know, I, I hope, too, we can, in the future, do like a big Europe run and kind of get to see get to see all the countries over there, because I know, like you said, Paris and and all those places are kind of hot spots that well, just, hey, man, you know, one if, can only dream of. If you want to, you know, team up with us, we've been over there lots of times. We could show you around. I think uh, I think that sounds like a plan, man. <laughs> Definitely, man. <laughs> Definitely. That, that, that's rad. Um, man, I just, I feel like I could talk to you like forever. I mean, there's just so much stuff. Um, I want to ask you, I asked Eric about this, but I want to ask you about it too. That first tour in the bus, headlining, you know, I know your first show was in Pittsburgh at the Altar Bar. And having this experience, like, oh my God, all of a sudden we're we're outside of Michigan, uh, we're here, we're playing these shows, and it's like our first show, and it's sold out. How was that for you? It was all all the hard work we had put up to that point. Kind of, it really felt like everything paid off in that moment because I remember rolling up. We we didn't even have ticket counts, so we we had no idea what we were even going to draw. I, I was shocked there was even a line to start. And then all of a sudden I just saw kids rolling by the bus, getting in line. I'm like, these kids all can't be in line for us. There's no way. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no way. I figured we played a, I figured we played a 50 kids. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's time for the show to go on. Um, and I started watching some of the bands before us, uh, like Too Close to Touch was actually on that first tour with us. And uh, I, I remember looking out saying, this crowd, like this place is literally packed to the brim right now. Like this can't be. This can't be what's actually happening. And then I, my, my heart, you know, I, I, luckily enough, I've, I've kind of shook all the nerves and stuff from going on stage, you know, now, nowadays. But back then, I, I don't think my heart was racing any faster uh, getting ready to go on that stage because it's just like, man, like I said, all, all this hard work is finally paying off. And, and the one thing that I enjoy most out of, out of this whole experience, I'm finally going to get to do when we're going to, these songs that we worked in the studio for so long, you know, we're actually going to get to play these to kids and, you know, seeing them shout back lyrics and stuff. Like Eric and I always talk about it. You know, we, we, we both had times where we broke down, uh, on the road or even at shows just cause it's, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, just a couple of dudes who had this dream, you know, actually made it happen. And that's a big thing. You know, I always talk about at our shows too, cause there, there are a lot of those kids who are in the same position kind of that I was in who, really didn't know what they wanted to do. And, you know, nothing had quite hit them yet where they said, like, this is what I have to do with my life. So 
we always try to talk, you know, don't, don't let someone influence your decisions. Don't let someone tell you, you have to be this or you have to do this. Like really find that passion that, that you enjoy. And you know, th- this life is way too damn short. And we, we've learned that so much from, from being on the road too. Um, just, I, 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 my brother was 12 when this whole thing started and he's 16 now. So I even talk to him about it all the time. I'm just like, Hey, you know, don't let, don't let these teachers or friends or, why not say you got to go be this or you got to that? You, you just do you, and you'll find yourself along the way, and you'll know you'll know if you're doing right or wrong. Yeah, damn, damn, dude, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, it's it's all really awesome. Uh, being on stage, I mean, I, I didn't ask Eric about this, but I'm curious. Did you guys have like stage banter or like that kind of stuff planned out at all? Like who's going to talk between songs, like what you're going to say. Was there like any talk of that or is it just like, okay, we played these songs over and over again and here's the set list. You know, there was a little bit of like, all right, you take this pocket. I'll take, you know, I'll go after this song. But to be honest, you know, a lot of it is just Eric and I just being such good friends. We're just able to go back and forth. And that's kind of what's cool about the, the two frontman dynamic where, you know, we can just go back and forth because you know how it goes. Sometimes you'll stumble over your words or something. You're like, oh, man, I got to recover here. And yep. Eric will come in quick to kind of save the day. And it's, it's definitely nice to have that dynamic. And even when it comes to, you know, the actual performing part of it, I I love the fact that we have two vocalists because, you know, when he's doing his thing screaming, I'm really able to just go go as hard as I can on stage and, yeah. you know, headbang, run around, get the crowd involved. And I think, I think that's been a, a really cool uh, – a cool thing about this band is just, you know, having two faces too, you know, not everybody relates with a certain front man. So I'm sure there are people who, who like our band that don't necessarily relate with me, but they relate with Eric a lot. And I'm sure there's the same people who maybe don't relate with Eric a lot, but relate with me. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to have two different personalities up there and, and two guys talking and, and talking from the heart and speaking our message. And, you know, it's, it's like I said, I think that's one of the, uh, the core thing about our band, because, you know, we look to bands like We Car and I guess the Hollywood and Dead and just all, all these bands that have been fronted by multiple frontmen. I think that's what just uh, brings a cool aspect to the live show. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, being a singer, uh, a singy guy and Eric being a screamy guy, uh, how do you guys uh, divide up when you guys are writing or whatever? How do you divide up the vocal duties? Um, is that ever a conflict there or does it come pretty naturally? Uh, normally it comes pretty naturally. It's funny, you know, I'm the, the, the singer. So of course it, it's, it's kind of funny how the music I love is like a little more on the, the popular. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love heavy shit too, but you know, I, I write a lot of like the melodies and stuff. So I'm definitely in that pop realm where I like stuff like that, where Eric obviously is our screamer. So, uh, he, he loves all sorts of, uh, heavy music. And I think, just being able to kind of mesh those two worlds with each other, we were able to find that perfect balance of, you know, how can we, how can we create these two worlds and have people who like heavy music and people who like soft music come together? Cause we didn't want to be that band that just every single song sounded the same. We, we wanted yeah. to, to throw, you know, different songs out where different emotions can constantly be hitting people and they're, they're able to shuffle through and no matter what kind of emotion they're feeling, they're able to, uh, to find a song for them. So they're, don't get me wrong. Sorry, I lost you. So we just kind of we tried to keep that perfect balance. Sorry to cut you off. I just I lost you for one second. Can you just go back like uh, thirty seconds? 
Yeah, yeah. So just uh, kind of talking about Eric and I and how uh, how that whole dynamic works. You know, I, I like the uh, you know the poppier, lighter side of things. Normally, he likes the uh, the heavier side of things. So just trying to blend those two worlds actually has been been pretty easy because it is cool because I do listen to the heavier stuff and Eric does listen to the poppier stuff. So, like I said, we just tried to to balance those as as best as we could and. You know, for because again, so many uh, so many kids nowadays, and I was the same way. They like such a diverse you know range of music where you know they they they're looking for that band where you know okay, I can go listen to an acoustic song here, but I can go listen to a heavy song here. Here's a kind of down the middle song. Like we just we try to have a bunch of different um, a bunch of different styles in our music. Obviously, it, you know, at the end of the day, we like being labeled a rock band, but we we like bringing different, different styles and influences in. And I think that's why it, it's worked so well, just because him and I are, you know, best friends at the end of the day. So we can be honest with each other too. If I really don't like a part that, you know, he came up with, or if he doesn't like a part that I came up with, we can, we can be honest with each other. And I think that's at the end of the day, what results in creating the, the best music is, is just honesty. Totally, man. No, totally. Damn. What was the bus flyer like on your, from your end? Oh man, that was one of the craziest experiences of our life. Um, yeah, I was actually the only guy up when the uh, when the whole thing happened. I had actually just gotten a tattoo the night before, so I woke up early and was washing it in the bathroom, trying trying to uh, trying to clean it up a little bit. And all of a sudden, I just hear our driver up in the front swearing, and I'm like, "Our driver's a cool dude. I, I don't know if he's on the phone with somebody or right. or what's going on." And all, all of a sudden, I just hear the I feel the bus just swing to the right and he, um, he pulls off and I've never seen this dude run as fast in my life as he did. He ran down the hallway, grabbed me out of the, uh, grabbed me out of the bathroom, pushed me out and said, get the hell out of the bus. All of a sudden he opens the door, starts pulling people out of the bunks. I mean, I remember I didn't have my phone. I, I was pretty much my, like in my shorts and, and like a white beater going out there. Um, Damn. And, you know, I didn't really think it was that big of an issue when it started. Sure. I'm like, all right. I, Cause you know, I just woke up too. So I was kind of like, all right, what's going on here? We get outside the bus and I just see this big ball of smoke forming. And all of a sudden that thought just runs to your mind. Like, Oh my God, like what, what's about to happen here? And literally I kid you not probably 20, 30 seconds after that flames, these huge flames start shooting up. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I have so much stuff in that bus. All our guys have so much stuff in that bus and not just things like phones and stuff. We have, you know, things that, you know, deceased loved ones have given us and stuff like a lot of, a lot of stuff that can't be replaced. So there are guys trying to literally run back on the bus and grab stuff. Meanwhile, our driver is pulling everybody off because, you know, we didn't know the bus was going to blow up. We didn't, we, we had no idea. Right. Um, Fast forward, maybe like five minutes. Literally, this bus, the, the whole back of it is just up in flames. I mean, they are towering. They are towering over things. And it started, like, going to the trailer as well. And now all of a sudden we're thinking, it's not only the bus. Like, now all of our gear, because we were on the Pierce LaVale tour. I think yeah. there was probably two, three shows left. And obviously, we, at the end of the day, playing shows what we love. We, we didn't want to not be able to play those shows. We wanted to find a way to get there, so... Uh, we had guys literally running in the back of the trailer, trying to take drums out, trying to take in ears out, trying yeah. to grab stuff. At that point, the fire department had showed up 
And they were saying they were going to arrest us if we kept going yeah. back in that trailer and trying to grab stuff. Yep. Um, cause it was, it was crazy, crazy dangerous. So I guess, uh, probably about half hour after that. Um, cause I, at that point we had literally shut down a ton of traffic on the freeway. I mean, it was lined up miles back. Uh, we had like national or not simply national, but like uh, local, like TV stations and stuff were, hitting us up trying to get the scoop. I, they sent like a reporter there who was like filming, like filming everything. It was, it was a crazy, crazy ass experience. And I, I'll never forget. And this is why we love these guys so much. We were so down at that moment because we're going, shit, we just lost our wallets. We just, we had money that we were making on the tour for merch and stuff on the bus that we, we lost a bunch of that in the back. Our yeah. film guy lost really every piece of video content that, because we were right. going to do a, a huge like documentary thing, like based around that tour, lost all of that, and it was just crazy to think, like, man, all, all this just went up in flames. But like I was just saying, the the coolest thing about it, and what really just brought back up our spirits, because we said, man, I don't even know how we're going to get to the show now. Like, yeah, everything's over. All of a sudden, Pierce had uh, sent back their crew bus to uh, to come pick us up. Um, they, they literally grabbed all of our crew. They grabbed all of our band members. Uh, the hospitality was just insane. They were, they were offering us food from the night before, um, giving us water and stuff to, cause we were just covered in smoke. Um, yeah, this water rinse off. Um, guys, yeah. and so that, that, that really brought up the, our spirits and kind of made you, made you think in that realm where just, you always try to stay positive no matter how bad the situation. But yeah, I will say just the, the overall, I mean that that was that was one of the more crazy experiences I can say that I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that's crazy. Did you uh, did you get some of your merch out and did you sell it? Did it, like you sell the like kerosene smelling like campfire smelling t-shirts? <laughs> it, it literally it literally did smell like kerosene. As yeah. funny as it is, and we we even made a joke about it on stage. Be like, yeah, you can take these shirts out to the campfire, and uh, <laughs> even when you're not at the campfire, you know you can. You have that nice, uh, that nice fire smell that to show to your family. We think and, it'll come out in the wash, but we're not sure. <laughs> Fuck. Well, you want to know the funniest part? Because uh, we're we're really good friends with uh, with Pierce's front of house guy, and he just started. He made this playlist, and all of the like pun, like all the songs were based around fire and stuff. It right. was at the time the it, it was the. You know, that's, that's why I, I think, you know, you just got to take that lighthearted approach because we just, we ended up having a good time with it after it was all said and done. Luckily, you know, nobody was hurt. Yeah. Obviously we lost a lot of material possessions, but at the end of the day, we were able to play the show. And I think that really, you know, it really brought the band and, and, and our crew to really together too. Not that we weren't already a really tight knit crew, but when you have experiences like that happen, I think it just brings you that much closer and makes you realize, man, r- life really is short and, you know, we're out here, you know, I'm out here with my brothers and, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky to be with these guys. We, we've had so many experiences like that happen on the road that it just brought us closer over time. And even, uh, we, we were just talking about Pittsburgh a little bit. There was like a shooting right outside our bus in, in Pittsburgh, probably oh, damn. maybe two months before that. So it just seemed like all these crazy things were happening at once, but yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, it brought us together. And I, I'm just, I'm glad we can kind of take the experience and channel it in a positive light. Absolutely, man. Well, th- thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, how far in advance are you guys planning right now? I assume pretty far. And uh, what can people expect uh, for the future of I Prevail? 
Yeah, so uh, obviously we'll be on work tour this summer, and then uh, we're planning on doing a, a big fall tour as well. We haven't quite locked that in, but we'll definitely be on the road pretty much uh, the rest of this year. And then you know, it's kind of up in the air. You know, we think, uh, depending on how, how well this album cycle goes, we may do some, some more touring next year as well. But uh, we're also very excited to get back in the studio and start writing. We, we've already dabbled a little bit on the road and stuff, but I think we... We do our best writing in a in a format where we can just get in our producer's basement and just totally, just a hundred percent be focused on the music itself. Absolutely, so I'm, I'm ready yeah. to get back in the studio and you know start start writing and because now that Lifelines has had you know the success that it's had, I've, I already have so many so many other ideas for what I think the next record should be like and stuff. So you know we're just we're pumped to to get that going and we'll have a bunch of music videos coming out you know within the within a year as well. So a lot of cool stuff happening on our end. And, you know, number one overall, I, like I said, I just, I'm so stoked for work tour and just ready to uh, get to experience what, what that whole thing is like. Yeah, man, you're going to, you're going to enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, I think you can, in your head, you're going to think you know what it's like. And then the actual reality of it is going to be a lot different than you think. It's totally, totally different. I think it's going to be different for you, yeah. And I think what's going to blow your mind is just really how how taxing it is, and how how uh, how tiring it really can be, and how fucking hot. So yeah, I did see like there's a stretch this year, like 17 shows in 18 days. I'm like, all right, you know. Yep. But yeah, that's what everybody says. Like even uh, Christian, our tour manager, because you know he's been with Pierce and sleeping and stuff uh, yeah, on yeah. Warped Tour. He says shit. Just get ready for it, because uh, it definitely is a grind. It's it's the best experience of your life, but just be ready to uh, work your ass off and make sure to uh, drink a lot of water. Yeah, that's that's right, man. No, it's it's going to be awesome for you guys, and and it's really really great to see the success and the hard work paying off. Uh, last question: uh, What do you have to say to people that say you haven't paid your dues? Uh, I just tell them, you know, at the end of the day, I I know that you know I have, and and I know that I've I busted my ass to to get you know, where I am and I know all, how hard all the dudes in my band and all, all the dudes in our crew work. And, you know, I'm just, I'm ready, I'm ready to prove them wrong. And whether, you know, in their eyes, that's album sales, whether it's Facebook likes, whether it's them seeing us at a show, you know, we're just going to take every, every opportunity we can to, uh, to keep this train moving and, and, you know, kind of, kind of prove those haters wrong. Hell yeah, man. Love it. Well, Hey man, I'll see you on warp tour. Uh, I have a great, I guess you already yeah. played today. You already played today. Uh, we actually had an off day today, luckily. Oh, it's an off day today. Okay. I thought you had the festival. That was yesterday, I guess. That's great, man. Well, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Festival was yesterday. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of the tour. I'll see you on Warped. And, uh, yeah, man. Take care. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me, and uh, we're, we're pumped to meet you. A lot of the dudes in the band are a big fan of Silverstein, man, so we, uh, we can't wait to get out there and uh, catch you guys set. Oh, yeah, man. I'll see you soon. Take care, Brian. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. All Thanks the best. for the interview, man. Thanks, man. All right, bye-bye. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate you, dude. Yeah, so, um, damn, yeah, that, that was fucking really fun to talk to you, man. I'm uh, stoked for you guys. It's, like, really, really cool to see your band yeah. just, like, just, fuck, I don't explode. It's, like, it's uh, so unheard of, and, like, I think a lot of people are taking notes, so. Yeah, it really has been just, even, even these festivals, man, like, so many people saying, oh, yeah, I came here to see you. It's just, like, shit, man. Like I said, very... Very unexpected, but we just keep riding that wave, and yeah, no. I really am excited to uh, to get into Warp Tour, get to meet you guys, get to meet a lot of bands too. You know, it's gonna all, be, uh, dude, you're gonna have a blast, man. It's gonna be like you know the punk rock summer camp. It's true, it really is like that.
So you're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, and then uh, yeah, Eric and I gotta hold you to that baseball game too. Fuck man. yeah, dude, that, uh, let's go. I, I'm. I haven't. Sounds, uh, that sounds so much fucking fun. I haven't looked yet. Usually, I actually look at the cities and like the the schedules and see, like, um, but there's like even minor league games too. Like I, you know, I'd be down to catch. So like. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah, we just actually, that, uh, Welcome to Rockville, we just played. Or not Welcome to Rockville, I think it was Fort Rock. We uh, Where we were playing was where the Boston Red Sox, like, minor league uh, field was. So they had, like, a fake green monster out there and stuff. It was, uh, <laughs> That's sick. It was pretty cool to see. I was like, man, I wish uh, I was, I wish a game was actually happening today because I would have played our set and tried to sit up where, like, the green monster was. Yeah. The no. mini green monster, I should say. That's very rad, yeah. No, it's like, fuck the fake. Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'll let you go, man. Nice talking to you, man. All the best. Yeah, same here, man. Yeah. I'll be uh, looking out for that interview. and Can't wait to post it, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. Cheers, man. All right, thanks, brother. All right, see you. Have a good one. So there it is with Brian. Uh, that was actually kind of a cool little example there at the end where a lot of times, you know, I talk to people on the phone and I'll do the interview and we'll, we'll chat and then... A lot of times we'll kind of end the interview and then I'll stay on the line with them for a little bit longer and just say, oh, thank you for doing it or, you know, like like kind of like a little bit of a personal touch. And I usually stop it, but this time I kept it recording and I don't know, we said some actually cool things, so I decided what the hell, I'll keep it in. So that's why at the end we say bye like 50,000 times, but it is fine. Very looking forward to hanging out with Brian and Eric, catching some baseball games. Again, if you missed the first episode of the two-parter with the screamer, Eric. Make sure you go back, check that out. Go check out I Prevail on tour. And as mentioned many, many times in this podcast, they will be on the entire Vans Warped Tour. As always, I will leave you with a tune. I figure if you aren't that familiar with I Prevail, you gotta hear with what they started with. And they did start with the cover. We spoke, Eric and I spoke about the reasons why last week. So I figure you gotta hear it. And they will not be playing this on Warp Tour. They will not be playing it. It's going to be retired for at least the summer. Here is their cover of Taylor Swift's Blank Space on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week. Nice to meet you. Where you been? I could show you incredible things. Magic, madness, heaven, sin. Saw you there and I thought, oh my God, look at that face. Look like my next mistake Love's a game, wanna play Hey, hey New money, student tie I can read you like a magazine Ain't it funny, rumors fly And I know you heard about me So hey, let's be friends I'm dying to see how this one ends Grab your passport and my hand I can make the dark house bad for a weekend So it's gonna be forever Down in flames You can tell me when it's over If the 
dressed like a daydream So it's gonna be forever Or it's gonna go down in flames You can tell me when it's over Down in flames You can tell me when it's over If the high was worth the